Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast with me, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast about life, loss and love. As a celebrant, I want to look at how we celebrate, how we fall in love, the milestones we mark and how we can talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my exploration into the beauty of it all. And it's my reminder to make the most of the important times and how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Hello once again and welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast. Connor with you and as always, a very big thank you for hitting play or download. Great to have you tuned in. Uh, We're getting straight down to business. I'm very excited about this one. As we creep towards December now, December 21 as we record this, we're well and truly into holiday season. Now, one holiday, uh, which is being celebrated from the 28th of November to the 6th of December this year, is the Jewish Festival of Lights, also known as Hanukkah. Now, I've always had a real interest in Jewish ritual and ceremony and celebration. And in fact, through my Jewish friends, I've gotten quite a sense that alongside the spiritual significance of the various Jewish holidays, food always plays a big part in most of the occasions, really. And more than that, it's the idea of sitting around a table, enjoying the food, breaking bread together, which of course is is really just such a lovely idea. So it's through that lens, the lens of food, that I thought I might take a look at Hanukkah. And there was always only going to be one place I was going to go to try and find out more about Jewish cooking. And that is to Australia's finest cooks, recipe writers and storytellers, the Monday Morning Cooking Club. Um, Based in Sydney, they're a super group of friends who came together. Um, You can find them on YouTube and on Instagram as well with wonderful, engaging content. I have to say, I've become quite obsessed with them. So joining me from the Monday Morning Cooking Club in Sydney is Lisa Goldberg. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Thank you, Connor. I'm so happy to be talking to you. Thank you for having me. Oh, listen, it's a real pleasure uh, to talk to you. I'm delighted you're chatting to me today. Um, Lisa, you have the distinction of being the guest on this podcast, who is the furthest physically away from me, from me here in Dublin. (laughs) You're in Sydney. Um, How is everything going for you in Sydney? Sydney's pretty good, actually. We had a... um you know, a little bit of a hiccup, I think. We had a four-month or three-month lockdown recently, which we came out of at the beginning of October. And everything's getting back on track again. You know, life is coming out to the parks and the streets and the restaurants and the cafes and people are becoming more confident about mixing with everyone. And we're actually in a really good position now. We are nearly 95% vaxxed, which is actually amazing. And so we're feeling pretty happy at the moment. But, you know, we all say it with our fingers crossed because you don't really know what's around the corner or what lies ahead. But at the moment, that's all I'll say. Things are great. And I have to say, I do know you've been keeping people quite sane during the different lockdowns that you've you've had there with your cook-alongs and Instagram lives. I know there's a lot of gratitude out there for you for doing that. Such a wonderful thing to do. Um, Look, Lisa, we'll jump straight into this. Obviously, we're talking about Hanukkah through the lens of food. But let's start with an overview here of 
what really are we celebrating during the Festival of Hanukkah? Um, I sort of always say that I'm not sure that this is right for everybody's ears, but I'm going to say it because it's really how we feel. We, there are so many Jewish festivals through the year that we celebrate with food. And what we say is, and, and what's the story of every festival, because it's always pretty much the same, it's they tried to kill us, we survived, let's eat. <laughs> and some people find it hilarious, I do. Some people don't find it hilarious, but that's pretty much, that sums up every festival. And whichever one it is, I can tell you that story. And at the end of it, we survived. And there's only one way to celebrate life. Really, I think it's the cornerstone of the Jewish culture is food and eating and sharing, as you said, food around the table together. Indeed. So Hanukkah, the traditional story goes like this, that back in the day of the temple, which was I think it's about 160 AD, something like this, or CE, um, the temple was destroyed. There There were a million battles and wars at that time. And um, the Maccabees had won and they were celebrating with lighting the candelabra in the temple. But they needed to celebrate for eight days and they only had enough oil for one day. And they used olive oil in those days. And they lit the first candle and by some miracle, the one candle's worth of oil lasted for eight days. And that was the miracle of Hanukkah. So... What do we do? And it's quite hilarious. What do we do to celebrate? We eat food cooked in oil. Okay, like can you can you see that connection? Okay, I'm getting so, the connection. Yes, that's wonderful. When we do it, look, we also do other things, and I don't want to, you know, take away from the you know religious and traditional and indeed, cultural aspects indeed, of the indeed. festival. But for me and what I do with Monday Morning Cooking Club, it is always about the food. Um, so for eight days, we have license to eat food that's been fried in oil. Like what a joy that is. Like really, whenever can you do that legitimately exactly, in your life? Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone has a donut hidden, you know, from someone else's sight because they don't want to be seen to be eating such a thing. But now it's all out in the open and for eight days we're cooking, you know, donuts uh, or sufganiyot as they're known in Israel, which is where that word came from. But we call them donuts. They could be jam donuts. They could be cinnamon donuts, um, anything you like. And then, of course, there is the lutka, which is the fried potato cake, which to me is the essential Hanukkah item. And there are many lutkas all over the world. And if you Google it, you'll you'll see that there are just so many different ones. But I am a simple person at heart and I just love the very basic potato, not even onion. I mean, you could put onion. You know, just grated potato, a little bit of flour to bind it, salt, pepper, some egg, make a mixture and fry fry them in oil. And it'll, you know, they till they're golden and crisp and, you know, um, soft in the middle but crispy and salty on the outside. My mouth's watering already. Um, so that's pretty much Hanukkah summed up. <laughs> Well, tell me this then, with latkes, for example, because I've heard of latkes, how would you describe a latke to somebody who didn't know or who hadn't heard of them? It's like a hash brown. It's like a potato rusty. Okay. Um, It's a potato pancake, but you have big, thick grated potato, or not thick, but like coarsely grated potato, so you have the texture of the potato still. And, I mean, the, the essential ingredient, there are two, It's the, well, three. I'm going to say the potato, salt, and oil. And just with those three things, you could make a perfect latka. 
And some people find their latkes go soggy. Maybe they're using the wrong potato. Um, people make them now with pumpkin and with sweet potato and with zucchini. And, and I mean, if you look on the internet, there are some crazy ones. I saw someone making like a version of, you know, the American s'mores, which is like the, the, they use like um, bis- the crackers or the biscuits with marshmallow and chocolate marshmallow. that they cook over the fire. So they were making um, latke s'mores. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so people are just taking it to the next level. But I love the, the simplest ones and I like to eat them. What I love about them firstly is that you can make them ahead of time, which is always a bonus. So okay, you can fry yeah. off, you know, your 30 or 40 latkes. You know, they can be any size. They can be the size of... Um, you know, a golf ball. They're not round. I mean, just the diameter. They can be the size of a tennis ball. Um, And you can cook them ahead, fry them off, and then just reheat them in a really hot oven hours and hours later. And as long as you reheat them till they're really hot and sizzling, they're really good. So I would, I'm going to make them for my family. We're going to have a little Hanukkah party on Tuesday night. And we are going to have a little tub of sour cream and um, some smoked salmon and maybe some salmon roe and we're just going to sit there and nibble a little bit of a latke with some sour cream, top it with a bit of smoked salmon. Very nice. Squeeze of lemon. And in fact, that was a question I wanted to ask. You know, how can they be served? Are they a side dish or an accompaniment to a main course? Like how are they best served? Mm -mm. I think they're best served just on their own as a snack. (laughs) Just have to say, it's a snack food. It's a, it's a come, come over for a Hanukkah party or a celebration and we'll just sit around and eat latkes and then we'll eat donuts. And that's going to be my party. Um, I know that Americans, I know it's a rash generalization and I'm sorry to the Americans (laughs) listening, but often eat their latkes with applesauce. It's quite an American thing doesn't quite happen like that here. I know that everybody I know, another generalisation, um, eats them savoury. You can have them savoury or sweet. I can't imagine eating it sweet. Um, it doesn't work for me to do the applesauce thing. But you could also have it as, as a, like I, I make them not at Hanukkah time. Like if I have a party or dinner or whatever, I'll often make mini ones and serve them with drinks, like make a whole tray of them and just serve them with drinks and they're absolutely delicious. I mean, it's just such a good vehicle to put something else delicious on top of. I can imagine, yeah. And I have to say now in researching this conversation, uh, I did listen to a couple of other podcasts with some other people um, and one did, in fact, have a full one-hour conversation dedicated wholly to lacquers. Um, And one of the guys involved in the conversation wasn't Jewish. And he said, oh, yeah, I love them as well. He said, I have them with ketchup. And the other two guys in the conversation were Jewish. They just thought this was sacrilegious. <laughs> so is that a thing? Will anyone judge you if I you have ketchup with yeah, your latkes? I'd take ketchup over applesauce, though, I think. Really? Would you? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. I would. But I prefer something creamy, yeah. Well, tell me this then. Now, if this isn't another sacrilegious question, um, what's the difference then between a latke and then something more like a hash brown or, you know, a potato in a different form. I think there's no difference. I think that the difference might come in um, how thick it is or um, hash browns are usually made in a different way. I think they're not in a round little, like latkes are like little discs. You know, the idea is that it's a, it's a, 
circle and it's uh, my experience with hash browns which actually I've never ever made I've eaten them many times I've been served them many times in restaurants Mm -hmm. all over the world but I just I think that the hash brown is just a bigger made in a bigger pan sort of broken up to serve whereas latkes are nice a little lovely Mm -hmm distinct circles of fried deliciousness. Uh, (laughs) I think that's the difference. (laughs) Very nice. Um, You mentioned the potential that latkes could end up being soggy if you've used the wrong potato. So is there a right and wrong potato to use? Look, there is. But the problem is that everybody changes their mind all the time. And I, I honestly Google types of potatoes to use for different things all the time because mm. every country's got different types of potatoes. Um, yeah. Americans have got completely different potatoes to Australians, to Canadians, to Irish, to everywhere. Indeed. So I know in Australia which potatoes to use and what you're supposed to use for luck because if you want the crispiness, crisp outside edges, which is really important, then you have to use a frying potato. So any potato that you would use to make chips would work really well for latkes. Okay. Um, if you use what's called a waxy potato, which is used for, for like potato salad, then you tend to get um, not such crisp latkes. But in Australia, we've got a potato called the Desiree. I don't know if you have the same thing. It's a slightly yellow inside with a really pale pink outside. And they're called an all-rounder. And all-rounders are fantastic because you can use them for, for everything. So I use Desirees for my latkes and they work really well. Okay. Yeah, because I think our go-to potato in Dublin would probably be the rooster. So is that something you have? I've never no? heard of that. Is that just an Irish potato? I must look that up. Um, I'll have to check I've that out. I've never heard fact. of a rooster. And what yeah. is it? What do you use it for? Do you use it for mash? Well, yeah, chip? we'd use it for mash, roast, baked. Um, but yeah, really mash and roasts would be the two main things we do with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because mash, the, the potatoes that we use for mash um, are the, what I call the dirty potatoes um, or the collar bands. And they're the ones that have the dirt on them. I don't know if you have those as well. And they're the ones that you've got to scrub really hard to get all that dirt off before peeling them and and mashing and, you know, cooking them and mashing them. But they make a really good mashed potato because they're not waxy and they're dry and they don't go gluggy. I see, I see. Um, Tell me now the various latke recipes. I know you have in your book and I think you have some on the website as well yes, um, yeah. because there are lots of variations of what you can do with them and the different flavors as well yeah we um so actually both of ours are now on the website I just put the second one up about an hour ago we have the traditional one which is in our second book which is called the feast goes on um you know our books we've got four books and we you know, people say, oh, they're books of Jewish cooking, but they're actually cookbooks of recipes from Jewish kitchens, which is slightly different to Jewish food. We do have some Jewish food in there, but it's not only Jewish food. It's it's food that, that our community is enjoying. And as part of that, of course, is the food of the festivals. And so how could we have a, a cookbook without a latke recipe? So the latkes made it into our second book. And then by the time we got to our fourth book, we decided – we wanted to do something more interesting and we'd been given this recipe uh, by a Sydney grandmother and her family came from 
um, India like generations ago and she had this beautiful spiced potato dish that we absolutely loved. It didn't make it into any of the books for, you know, there are many reasons recipes don't make it in. It was a great recipe though. And when we came to Hanukkah time, we were sitting around thinking, what flavour do we want in our latkes this year? And we thought, aha, let's do a combination between the, it's called potato bhaji and the latkes. So what we have in our new book um, is potato bhaji latkes, which I've just put on the Mm -hmm. website. And they're like this spiced fried onion really well-flavoured potato mixture that's then, of course, fried again. So lovely. So good. And just something different. I I think it's going to shake up everyone's Hanukkah. Indeed. You had me at spiced. I'm going to try that out. I'll definitely (laughs) be trying that out. Um, Listen, I'd love to move on to something sweeter. And, of course, there are the famous donuts as well. Mm. So I've been practising this. Um, Sufganiot. Yes, that's well done. Did I get it right? Got it. Nailed it. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so these are deep fried donuts, are they? What, yes. what exactly are these? They're just deep fried donuts. And okay, the word sufganiyot, just it's a Hebrew word. It means, I think traditionally it's jam donuts. That's it. Okay, right. And and sufganiyot is, is just a word for donut. And Look, people going donut mad here in Australia at Hanukkah, or the Jewish community do anyway, and um, the same in Israel. I think the same in every Jewish community across the world. Because as I said, it's just now the license to eat donuts. And when do we ever have that? And donuts for me are particularly special. You know, you talk about, um, you know, celebrations and traditions and memories and that sort of thing. I um, Can I tell you a story about me and donuts? Because it's actually the perfect day to tell you. Please do, because yeah. My, yeah. Um, my dear dad passed away six years ago, and it's actually six years ago tomorrow. So it's very oh, Lisa. timely that we're having this chat about oh, donuts. Oh, my words. And he and I used to have this ritual when I was probably 10 or 12 or 14, and we used to go down to um, a place. And I lived in Melbourne, which is another city in Australia, and we used to go down to the port there and we used to watch the ships, the ships come in. Now, honestly, oh, wow. I do not remember ever seeing one ship ever. But what <laughs> I do remember is that there was a donut truck there. And that's really why we went. We went to stand by the water, look at the ships that I never saw and eat these donuts from this. It's like a little caravan, a little truck. And they had a sign that was probably five cents a donut. And they used to used to buy a bag of 10. They were tiny little things, probably the size of um, smaller than a tennis ball, bigger than a golf ball. And they were amazing because they were filled with jam before they were fried. And that's a really important thing for me. Okay. Because it means that the jam is hot when you bite into it. Um, many donuts these days have the jam or the custard or the chocolate like injected in afterwards or spooned in afterwards. So this is the jam is inside. Then they are rolled in sugar as they come out of the oil and they put them in the bag and the bag gets all greasy and it's hot and you take a bite and the jam burns your lips. The sugar gets all over your face. It's just such a strong memory for me of my dad and the donuts and all of that. And so I was – There was nothing I was not going to do to make sure I found a recipe for these donuts to go into this book. And it's in our last book um, now for something sweet with an introduction about my dad. I think I've got it in there. Um, 
because it's such a, a, a very, very lovely connection for me. And they're the donuts that I'm going to be making. You know, oh, you have wow. to make a dough. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Lisa, tell me your dad's name. My dad's name was Jack. Jack. Well, look, there's a friend of mine I know who is a big fan of yours. Um, I, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure she's been in touch with you, Gurky Girl. So, in fact, we'll say yes. hello to Gurky Girl. Um, and she's already told me that she's going to be making these donuts at the weekend. Your Fantastic. recipe, in fact, I think. Um, and a batch of them have my name on it. <laughs> so, I think what we'll do is when I get to taste these Sufganiot at the weekend... We'll stop and we'll have a little moment and we'll raise a little glass to Jack because thank that you. is a really beautiful story. Thank you. And thank you for sharing it. It's such a nice memory yeah. to have. Like oh, that. thank you. That's so lovely. That's so lovely. I think of him all the time, every time, well, once a year when I eat donuts on Hanukkah. Um, it, it just, I mean, obviously I think of him all the time, but Absolutely. it's just another another yeah. time. And, a, and a, having a, a food that's so connected to a memory of someone is just so wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we find that so many people who give us their recipes have a connection to some part of their life or a person or a time. That food, it's not just about the food, it tells a story and that's what I love and that's what we've tried to do in all our books is tell the story of the person and the recipe that comes to us Absolutely. so that we can sort of paint a picture of a community and of how people live. And and it's nice that my dad and the donuts is part of that for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, I'll take a moment to remember Jack at the weekend as, Thank as you. I get to taste the donuts. Um, tell me, they're, they're simple enough to make. Are they the type of thing you could make at home? Yes. Yes, they all are. And, and I mean, our recipes range from super simple um, to requiring a bit more skill and practice. It's actually not even skill. It's it's practice. You know, I think anybody can make anything as long as they are willing to try a couple times for the more complicated ones. But the donuts that we have, the ones that are the Sufgani Yacht, the hot jam donuts, they, it's just a matter of making a dough with yeast. And I know people are really scared of cooking with yeast. But it's it's just shouldn't be scary because it's there's nothing frightening about it. It's actually follow the steps. It rises. It, it's nothing quite as beautiful to touch as as just risen dough. You know, it's it's a great process. So you just make a dough and you roll them out. And you cut circles. You put a blob of jam in. You put another circle on top, and then you seal it and then you let it rise again and then you just pop them in the oil. Very nice. Um, and you mentioned the jam goes in before you fry them. Before. Because yeah. now, obviously, I'm no baker, but I've watched enough episodes of the Bake Off to, to know that okay. they usually put the jam in afterwards. It's piped in after they've been fried. But I'm thinking that's actually a lovely little touch to, to heat them because, you know, if the, if the jam is warm and hot then as it comes out. Yeah, Um but the secret part of this recipe, which I'm happy to tell you now, is that Please do. we cook the jam down a bit. So we buy just ordinary jam from the supermarket, oh, but wow. we cook it down in a pot on the stove for a few minutes, for 10 minutes, so that it becomes really thick. And then it doesn't sort of leach out when you fry it. It just stays there in this lovely blob in the middle of the donut. So that's what oh, we wow. do, yeah. 
And then yeah, tell me... Now, now I want donuts too. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> tell me, are there variations of this then? Does it have to be jam? Because did you mention custards there? Could you put custard in as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you wouldn't put... You'd put the custard in afterwards and that works well too if you yeah. make the donut without the jam and then just, you know, inject um, or spoon the custard in afterwards. But we've got another... You could also do... For this one, you can do Nutella... You have Nutella there, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Nutella also <laughs> We are talking. Oh, my word. Well. Very well. But another donut that we have on the website is also called Sufganiyot, go figure. And it's a different sort of donut because you don't make a dough like this one. You make a batter with yeast still, but you pretty much just mix it together and let it rise in the bowl for an hour it just sort of puffs up a little bit and then you spoon this batter with two spoons into um into the hot oil and they puff up into these gorgeous misshapen funny looking things and then you roll them in cinnamon sugar as soon as they come out of the oil and that's a different sort of donut just as good uh, not as close to my heart as the jam ones, but pretty good. And do you know, I'm thinking I must try and get a few photographs and put them up on the Celebration Sessions Instagram page as well, just so people people can get a, a visual on these because they sound delicious mm. and I know they look delicious too. Um, Lisa, can we can we touch on challah bread before we finish up? Because am I right in saying challah is, well, I mean, really it's not just for Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something you enjoy cooking all the time, is it? Yeah. So traditionally we eat challah every Friday night. And um, the Jewish community in Australia is very connected and traditional. And I, I think that I would say that most of the people, all of the people and all of the Jewish friends I have get together with family or extended family and friends on a Friday night. And it's a really, really beautiful tradition that I think keeps our community together actually and keeps families together. My kids know, my kids, are, they're in their 20s. I mean, I knew growing up, my kids know that on a Friday night, they're not going out. They're coming to the yeah, table yeah. and sitting together and there's food and there's conversation and, and it's really, it's it's just wonderful. And every Friday night we sit down with the challah, which is the sweet egg enriched plattered loaf but when there's a festival the shape changes so um at jewish new year or at um pass no not passover we don't eat bread at passover at different times they the loaf becomes round and um that's simple that's what you do when it's a time to celebrate and for hanukkah you know it's it's an opportunity to do something sweet and delicious and um you know, it's a time of the year that we can just indulge a little bit. And my favourite, one of my favourite recipes is uh, we developed a an apple, honey and cinnamon challah. We did it for Jewish New Year, but honestly, I think it's perfect for this time of year. And you just make the usual challah dough, which is quite a simple dough. Once you, like anything, make it a few times, you get used to doing it. It becomes easy. And then we, inside that, we put... Um, the dough's enriched actually with some honey and then we put sultanas and apple and cinnamon and oh, wow. roll up and it is just <laughs> like it's <laughs> so good. I made it for a, a video a few months ago and I and I ate the one that I made and I was like, oh, this was. It was just irresistible, like really, especially kind of thick slice with 
you know, a good smear of butter. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you what, that's something that you won't forget. <laughs> and don't I know it, don't I know it. Because I can tell you, my friend Mags, um, in fact, who we've already mentioned, um, yeah. made me two loaves of challah. And I, one of them I devoured because I just had it on the worktop. And every time I walked past it, I took a big chunk out of it. So I must have finished the whole loaf in a day. Easy. Thought, no, that's it. I said, it's far too much bread for one day. So I froze the other loaf. So that Good other idea. loaf, in fact, is, is still sitting in the freezer. So it is the type of bread then that can be frozen. Oh, so you can perfectly. make it in a batch. And you, you can actually do so many things with it because the, the batch, the recipe that we've got, which is also on the website, has got, you make two loaves of challah because it's traditional on a Friday night to have two loaves to say the blessing. But it makes fantastic French toast. Like Indeed. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's great for a bread and butter pudding. Uh, it's a very, very good bread served fresh and also used, you know, for many other things. And also if you're Australian, you are going to have hollow toast with butter and Vegemite. That is good. Oh, because Lisa, you know, I'm a Vegemite convert. You know, I love it. Um, I didn't know that. Well, ah. it's, yeah, it's hard to get in Ireland. Um, well but I've, done. Yeah, I've good friends in Australia um, who think of me every so often and send me care packages with Vegemite. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Vegemite convert. So try your challah sliced toasted. Be careful it burns quickly because it's got sugar in it. But okay, toasted okay. colour with butter and Vegemite is is one of the best things in the world. Now you're talking. I'm so <laughs> going to do that. I'll let you know how I get on. Um, Lisa, I have to say I'm getting so hungry now. I'm talking about all this food. So I do need to go and try one of these recipes. Um, it is worth saying you do have cooklongs coming up. They are yes. regular things that you do quite often. Yes. Um, we've loved doing them. We love the community that we create through these cook-alongs. And the idea is that that whoever's joining us will get the ingredients ready beforehand and we literally cook together in real time so that at the end of the session we have whatever it is we're making together. And um, I, I, I set out, um, can I just tell you about the lockdown kitchen that I did? Can oh, I, have I got time please to do. Oh, no, that? do, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when we first went into lockdown, this last lockdown in June, um, the government told us it would be a two-week lockdown, whatever, you know, to just get rid of the cases that we had. So I went online to Instagram Live and I said, okay, everyone, I promise you I'm going to do a cooking and, and sorry, I'm going to do an Instagram Live cook-along every day of lockdown. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep, fantastic. Yeah, Two weeks went by. <laughs> Suddenly, you can see where this went. Suddenly, the lockdown's going, okay, we're now, now extending a month. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to let everybody down. I've got this beautiful group of people. You know, we had 100 people joining every day live and then, you know, thousands watching afterwards. And I wasn't going to let that go because we had something really special. Mm. People thanked me, but I won. I thanked them. They gave me a mission, something, oh. some purpose during the lockdown. Uh, Lisa, that's really nice. And it's nice that they gave you that. But I know you brought a lovely presence into their lives uh, as well. And I loved hearing, in fact, about your love of musical theatre as well. <laughs> yes. Um, probably the last month and a half, I started to do a song of the day whenever I did the Instagram live and I used to play a song that was related to the mood. It might've been, um, 
I remember I played the song Wait For It from Hamilton when we were just like on the cusp of getting to the next stage to end the lockdown. So I played Wait For It and and I thought, and I've got two beautiful dogs and when I was walking my dog in the morning for an hour, I would agonise over what song I was going to play. Like I really took it seriously. I really, really did. And (laughs) anyone who watches these videos, they're all on our Instagram videos now and some of them are on YouTube you'll hear the song and uh, they were really fun and I still do them and I love them and I still agonise over which song. It is fantastic. And it's a lovely touch, Lisa. It is such a lovely touch as well. Um, Lisa, look, I'll leave it there. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. Um, I've got nothing but gratitude. I really, really, really appreciate it. It has been a lovely chat. Thank you for having me. I've loved chatting to you. And it's just so strange to think that here we are chatting and you're all the way, like you're literally across the other side of the world. I know, I know. Literally the opposite side of the world. It's mad to think. I know. To think. But look, it's great to think what technology can do these days to, mm. to bring people together. It's really wonderful. Um, Lisa, people can check you and the team out on Instagram at mm-hmm. Monday Morning CC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, I would strongly suggest uh, listeners in Ireland check out the Monday Morning Cooking Club. It's a fab Instagram account. Um, you're on YouTube as well. And then your books are available on the website and you can book Mm -hmm. classes and you can do courses and all sorts of wonderful stuff, all of which is available on mondaymorningcookingclub.com.au. And so what I'll do is I'll put all the links um, to all of those in the episode description as well. So listeners can just click on those. And I have to say as well, I'm taking a lot away from this. I've no doubt the listeners are as well. And um, hopefully... Lisa, you'll have a new army of Irish fans over this side of the world. <laughs> Fingers so. crossed. Um, Lisa Goldberg, thank you so much. Thank you I'm so much. I'm wishing you and the Monday Morning Cooking Club team a very happy Hanukkah and all the best. Thank you. Thanks, Connor. Till next time. Till next time, indeed. Um, Lisa Goldberg there from the Monday Morning Cooking Club. Now, in all honesty, I've actually built up quite an appetite. So I'm going to go off and do some baking and cooking. I think I might start with the latkes. Um, to you, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in to the Celebration Sessions podcast. As always, I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to join in the conversation, you can join us on the Celebration Sessions podcast Instagram page. And of course, please do share this if you found it interesting. And don't forget, you can like and review this podcast on your preferred platform as well. But that is it. Um, wishing all the listeners here the very best. Thanks for joining me. Till the next time, stay safe, take care. This has been the Celebration Sessions Podcast. Oh,